by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. In the Garden is brought to you by Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard guard, garden and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willie's Store, your true value store in Greensboro, right there near Caspian Lake. Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. St. Albans, Williston, Morrisville, and Montpelier. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Those Mega Monday coupons at Clausen's.com. P&R Lumber, locally milled lumber, lumber a family-owned business right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. And by your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more, right there on Route 2 in Montpelier. And by such a lovely place in Waitsfield, right there on Main Street, V's Flowers and Garden Shop. They serve you all year round. Our telephone lines are open. And you're invited to call with your gardening comments, questions for Peter. We are at uh, the 802 number, 244-1777. That's 244-1777. Or toll-free from most anywhere, 877-291-8255. That's uh, 877-291-8255. And right now... We say welcome to Peter Burke. <laughs> well, thank you, Joel. Indeed. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, can you hear the sound? Yes. Uh, oh, seeds. <laughs> you get your Johnny Seed catalog <laughs> already? No. Oh. Hey, yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just want to remind everybody, even though the leaves are starting to turn and it's getting a little colder out there, it is still time to break out the packets of seeds and keep planting. Okay, spinach. Let's see what else I got here. Oh, lettuces. You can hardly hear that one. Oh, of course, radishes. These are the white radishes. Here's the, uh, we got the red cherry radishes. And a little arugula, some dill. (laughs) So, uh, the garden season's not over yet, guys. It's time to keep planting. I love the smell of dill. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? And uh, it's a huge volunteer. I've mentioned any number of times in the pathways Mm -hmm. of it. And and, uh, I have to say, I welcome it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You go right and grow all you want. I'll be out and snip you off in a little bit. (laughs) I tell you, you 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 use it for pickling, of course. Oh, yeah. But... um, Chop up some fresh dill sprigs and yeah. put it on cottage cheese or in sour Ooh. cream. It's so good. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, I haven't thought of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I chop it up and put it right in my salad. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's like a, one of the best salad greens. I like a little bit of arugula. My wife is a little, you know, not really sold on arugula. but So I'll chop that up separate with a little red onion and add that mm. to my salad at the end. But mm-hmm. we all like the dill. That's great. There's a business in Burlington, at least there was, um, mm-hmm. called the Red Onion. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe it, for about three or four years when I walked past it, I thought mm-hmm. it was the Red Onion. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering what the hell that is. Finally, somebody said, clean your glasses, Joe. <laughs> no. So, so they, you thought they were remodeling. Yeah, they the were redunning Red Onion, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is that a French word or something? <laughs> uh, you know these days. It's oh, like, man, you know, I do. I Culturally, <laughs> I've left behind, so I, you know, I thought it was like some new vogue name. No, but yeah, they were—they just—they yeah. like red onions as much as we do. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, 
it's the the you know part of the succession planting um, uh, model is that okay uh, something comes out something else goes back in and we're not going to leave any soil uh, unplanted. Uh, when my garlic came out, I actually put um, uh, buckwheat in there just as a green manure, and uh, it's uh, probably about uh, a foot and a half tall. Now it's just starting to flower. And it's just about time to cut it down. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 I've, I've planted buckwheat a number of times, and mm-hmm. I love watching the flowers. Mm-hmm. But yep. if you watch them too long, they'll go to seed, well, and you might have uh, you might have more the next year that you want. You know, my grandma used to. Uh, she traded uh, her honey for buckwheat honey mm-hmm. with somebody in Buffalo, and uh, that is a real treat. If mm-hmm. you've never had buckwheat honey, it's dark, dark uh, brown and. And very flavorful, really special. So, anyway, uh, keep planting. Uh, when you're done with the one crop, plant something more. This is a great time to get a actually harvest a crop of spinach. Now, think of it as spring all over again, right? Anything that you would plant in spring, you can you can start to plant now. The things that like cool weather, okay? Um, I actually uh, have planted some kale, not for the big leaves, but for baby kale. So it'll be up, by the time it's up about 8, 10 inches, uh, you start to harvest it, and it's uh, really tender, tender enough to, to even use in a, in a salad. It's, it's pretty, it's, uh, you know, very flavorful at that, at that small size. So we're talking baby greens, and you can do the same thing with, uh, with beets or Swiss chard or anything that you uh, have seen, uh, uh, you know, for baby greens all the way around. Certain ones, uh, the red mustard, the giant red mustard, those are great for baby greens. I actually have some giant red mustards that have been volunteers underneath my apple trees. And uh, there must be a leaf about um, 18 inches. You know, it's huge. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, uh, keep planting. We're not done yet. We're 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 not done yet. And and a matter of fact, we we won't be done for a very long time because uh, after November, when pretty much the garden is all done, then we'll start the year-round indoor salad gardening. We'll start doing the. Um, uh, the sunflowers and the peas and the radishes, all those in trays indoors. And uh, I actually just pulled out my 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 uh, shelf, my sprout shelf there, and uh, we'll start planting now for the fall. And as things start to to uh, tone down, now we made um, we harvested uh, just about all of my basil uh, last week, and I made uh, pesto. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my pesto is, you know, two cups of uh, packed cups of basil leaves and then a half cup of parsley. I use a cup of olive oil, um, a whole uh, a whole clove, a whole bulb of garlic. So that's uh, roughly eight smallish cloves or four very, very large cloves. Um, and that you could actually do a little more if you wanted to. And then I use uh, I use walnuts. I don't use the pine nuts because I'm a little sensitive to them, and also they're expensive as I'll get out. Um, so I use the walnuts. They have a nice soft texture, and that's just a quarter cup of walnuts. And I put all that in the in the blender, and then just mm, looks well, like a green smoothie. That that sounds great. Oh let, man! Let me see if I can get somebody on the air. Oh, I think, okay. Uh, we are inspiring some calls, at oh, least right. you are, and that's uh, and that's uh, that's the whole purpose of the program. And uh, good morning, uh, your first name in town. Norm from Bristol. Hi there. Hey, Norm. Hi. Um, I have a couple of questions. Sure. One about insecticidal soap. Uh, yeah. Is that something that would work on... My friend has got uh, something flying around in his garden over his berry plants. Yeah. And little small things, you know, and lots uh-huh. of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I called Boni and asked him if they had anything, and they suggested in- insecticidal soap for him. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, um, that it would smother them probably because some, nothing else really seems to work, he said. Mm, well, I think that's the, the spotted fruit fly 
uh, what do they call that, dys- dysophia, or, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's a spotted fruit fly. It's what it sounds like. Yeah. But it's a little late in the season. I thought that those were per- pretty much all gone, but they, it could well be still them. He's not uh, seen as many because the weather's been cooler yeah, lately. Yeah, right, right. Uh, they... Um, uh, they really love uh, uh, vinegar. You can put vinegar traps out there. Well, I know. I, I told them about that. Uh, <laughs> I heard about those from your show, but yeah, yeah. Um, those you have to put like on your like with a Japanese beetle trap. Yeah. You got to put them on your neighbor's property because mm. really, I think what it does is encourage them to come closer to his his plants. Well, the the vinegar vinegar traps really aren't meant uh, uh, as a preventative. They're mostly attractant, and it's just uh, in order to keep track of when the females are around. The males don't do the damage that's the females. Oh. And they have a little uh, uh, a little stinger at the back end of them that has like a saw blade on it. So they saw into the ripe fruit. It has to be ripe fruit. I see. And lay their the eggs. eggs. Yeah, lay their eggs well, in there. that's what they're doing. Yeah. So do you know when those females actually show up? Usually well, they like, monitor, I guess, maybe? or Like I said, this is a little late. It's usually when there's ripe blueberries or ripe raspberries around. And yeah. The blueberries well, there are, there, he's got uh, everybody. Bears, so they're ripe. Oh, right they're now. still ripe right now. Uh, raspberries it's on yeah. the raspberries. Yeah. Boy, um, that's a tough one because there's no known cure uh, for you know uh, so-called insecticide. The insecticidal soap might work. You'd have to make sure you sprayed it on them. It's not going to work on the leaves. Um, yeah. Some people have suggested they. Uh, um, the Captain Jack's dead bug, you know, with the spinosad in it. Right. Um, again, those are all, at this point, just in experimental stage. The only way that I know of is the preventative, more or less, to have a um, to have a hoop house over the top of them with that yeah, uh, reme on it. Yeah, huge area so that. Rem- yeah, I know, I know. And this has been uh, tough. Um, we had uh, John Hayden on last week, and he right. actually mentioned how hard it was to... And right. they they had lost whole crops to to that um, to that uh, uh, fruit, fly. fruit fly. Yeah, and I, I would suspect that that's probably going to be the case for him. He's going to lose some of his crop. I mean, I hate to say it, uh, and and of course, I, is he selling these berries? Yeah. Okay, so he's going to have to be really careful that. Yeah. Uh, they say that you know if you harvest uh, before they're ripe, ripe, yeah. you know, uh, dead yeah. ripe. Um, they don't. Uh, they don't attack those fruits. So right. what you want to do is make sure that they're constantly picked clean. Oh yeah, that's what he does every day. Yeah, and then the um, then from there it's basically the present preventative. You know, you want to make sure that you mm. uh, you you um, uh, dig up your mulch, turn it over, so that none of the larvae or anything are down in the ground. You want to. Oh, very difficult because he cuts those down in the in the. Uh huh in the spring before yeah. it starts to develop and then yeah. got so many plants you know i mean he's got thousands of plants man so there's no way he's going to be able to do that well you know uh, uh he could dig in there with a fork i suppose and uh, just kind of disturb that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so An older gentleman. yeah interestingly joel here uh, yeah. just checking what they have at the uh, cornell a la- uh, boy laboratory, and they have no easy answer whatsoever. I know they do mention spinosad, but uh, uh, they say that none of this is uh, uh, foolproof. Oh. They just basically say that the less ripe fruit and certainly overripe fruit that you have lying around, the more chance that you're going to mm-hmm. provide the mm. temptation for the you know for them to to be there. So yeah. have as little ripe or o- overripe fruit if you're you know for apples or anything that drops to get rid of those right away because that's that's what mm-hmm. attracts the females to lay their eggs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's uh it's a very serious problem and it's becoming more of a problem in Vermont. Um uh, it's a big problem in New York right now. So um you know your your friend is is, is going to have to change his practices some. Yeah. You know, uh I I know it's a pain in the neck to do all that stuff uh Undercover, but um, that was one of the things John Hayden mentioned. That is, they had mm-hmm. uh, their raspberries in a couple of their. Um, uh, they had converted their uh, cherry tomato uh, 
undercover to raspberries undercover. Yeah, they get so <laughs> tall. I mean, some of them are like seven mm-hmm. feet. Yeah, yeah. All um, that new growth. I I hear you. It's it's a it's a tough problem, but you know um, we're adaptable, and you know it's just one of those situations where you're going to have to adapt. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the traditional, uh, some of the traditional uh, insecticides, too, are not as effective on that as um, mm. as they had hoped. Uh, so yeah. uh, I'm yeah. sure they'll be out with some some uh, nasty insecticide that will make your stomach turn. But <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to use those. <laughs> no, I'm sure he doesn't. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't. But uh, they've had... Um, uh, matter of fact, in the, in the picture in their book, they're uh, farming on the wild side... Um, uh, you might have your friend take a look at that because uh, they really have quite a wealth of information about how they've adapted to that particular fruit fly, the spotted wing. Um, is is the adult a moth by any chance? Because there's one that I've seen and he's seen uh-huh. um, that uh, affects my early, well, the it's the later ripening early raspberries that I have. Yeah. Huh? And uh, it's a, kind of a light grayish, light tan with spots on its wings. I well, think I heard you mention that, that particular moth before. Well, the one I was referring to before is the the cabbage worm, you know, the... the no, that's not the cabbage worm. No, yeah, no, right, right. That's white pretty much. Yeah. Usually white or sometimes light blue and sometimes yeah. a little yellow. Well, this one I've actually seen in amongst the berry plants, mm-hmm. and it's got spots on its wings. I just don't know if that was the adult or some. No, no, no the, the, the adult is the fruit fly. That is the fruit fly. Okay. And the female is the one with the spot on it. And, okay. So they, they are uh, living in the soil. Uh, that's what I understand. That that uh, they, you know, they drop down and uh, those little worms drop down out of the fruits when they fall so they, off. So they wouldn't do any good to spray the soil. I would think so. I would think that 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 would be where you'd want to spray. It. But, yeah, like when he cuts them down in the springtime, uh-huh. time to go through and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When do they emerge? You have any idea when the weather gets warmer? They usually the male emerges just before the fruits uh, um, ripen, and the female usually comes out, um, you know, uh, with the ripening fruits. Sounds like birds. <laughs> Males are usually the first ones that show up around my yard. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Set in their territories. Yeah, that's uh, right. I have another question about uh-huh. um, what was it? Oh, I've got these worms. <clears throat> Maybe about. Half inch long. Uh-huh. Uh, they have been like unbel- I've seen them before, but they are a small, small, very like the diameter of a pencil lead, maybe. Yeah. And many, many legs, like a, a centipede or something like that. But yeah. Real small. Yeah. And, yeah. Do you have any idea what those are? Because they're even coming into my house now. Well, uh, it's, it's not a millipede. It's no. I well, it's got lots of little teeny, teeny legs. Uh-huh. They're only maybe a half inch long at the most. Half inch long sounds like a millipede, but I, I you know, I can't say but for sure. They're very small in diameter, though. Uh huh. Yeah. Very small. Well, the centipede is larger, and that that can be you yeah, know inch or two big. longer. And no. but um, you know, through my garden, all this, you know, every time I go into my garden, do uh-huh. weeding, they're crawling around everywhere, uh-huh. which I don't think I've seen that before. But this year, they just like one of those. Types of insects that all of a sudden explodes. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> Some years are definitely worse than others. That's for I, sure. I sprayed them with Captain Jacks, and uh-huh. it didn't seem to have any effect. No effect. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't identify it, so I just wondered if you might know what it was. So they're about a half inch long. Yeah. And they have lots and lots of little legs. Yes, very very small. I mean, you can and, see them, and when you touch them, they curl up into. A, a little coil-like. <laughs> like those little little wire worms that you yeah. see. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I was guessing the millipede. Uh, I'm At this point, I'm stumped if it's not the millipede. Does it have um, uh, uh, two little stingers on the backside? I haven't seen anything like that. No. no. Uh-uh. Okay. 
I might have to send up a sample to uh, University of Vermont. You can take a picture now and, and submit oh, the yeah. picture now to UVM. Yeah, that would be a better idea. Yeah, I've done that a couple times with uh, stuff that I didn't uh, uh, didn't recognize. I had one, uh, I had a hoop house that was filled with uh, Chinese cabbage and and uh, I hadn't looked at it for a week, and I opened it up, and there, well, there was, everything was just decimated. And there were Ugh. thousands of these little, little flies in there. Isn't that awful? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is. It's like that story I was at last week or week before last about the tomato hornworm. Oh, yeah. Great oh, one yeah. day, and next day the <laughs> plants are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen them a couple of times, not in my garden, but in a friend's garden. It, it, it's pretty, it's really set you back, doesn't it? You think, They're oh, huge. My good Lord, right? Is there really such a thing? You said that they had their... Uh, are laid by a moth? Yeah, yeah, they, they're uh, the, um, yeah, yeah, it's a moth, it's a good size moth. Uh, what color uh, is that moth? Because I, I had one in my house uh, uh, <laughs> that got in somehow and I chased it down and then after it, threw it out the door and the thing, before I could shut the door, it came back in again. <laughs> it's a little smaller than a luna moth. It's a, I would say... Yeah, I've seen a luna moth this yeah. year, but this one here is like a, a grayish color and then when uh -huh. its wings are open, it has like a red... Yeah, okay, that that could well be it then because it's pretty colorful when the wings are out. Otherwise, yeah. it looks pretty moth-like. And I've actually looked at pictures online, and I have to tell you, there's not two pictures that look the same. It's sort of like, well, it could yeah. be this, it could be that, it could be the other. So it's yeah. it's hard for me to describe it from there. Uh, I have only seen it in the horned room, and uh, my son was telling me he was down in Springfield uh, at, at the uh, in uh, a place down there, and um, he saw them with the the you know the little uh, larvae sticking out the back. You know the wasp had had uh, um, laid its larvae in them. So he was pretty pretty pleased to see that 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 uh, they had been attacked by the wasps down there. <laughs> I have a quick question to ask you about monarch butterflies. I've been yeah. experiencing milkweed growth, and I saw the caterpillars and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was out splitting wood yesterday, and I had this one flying around. Yeah. It was sunny and a beautiful day, and it came over, and I held my hand out, and it landed on my hand. <laughs> and then it was like, had a little penis-type uh, yeah. thing that was, I had sweat on my hand, so yeah. I don't know if it was lapping that up or yeah, what. Yeah, I don't know either. I, then I, it landed on my, then it flew away because I put it on a plant, and it came back, mm -hmm. landed on the other hand, and mm -hmm. then it landed, I you know put that on a golden rod, and I came mm -hmm. back splitting, and it came over, and it landed on... My, um, where was it? My ear. Yeah. And then it flew away and came back and landed on my face. You ever had anything happen? Well, Norm, I'm just going to have to call you St. Francis from now on. because I, can, you I tell people, I said, this is one of the most amazing <laughs> things I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I have yeah. to agree. I, I think Joel's jealous over there. He would love to have that happen. Now, so let me ask you, were you eating M&Ms or anything no. before? Oh, the... no, candy. <laughs> no candy, huh? You know, one time I was up on the mountain in a place that my brother and I used to go to to build cabins and things when we were really young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there as an adult maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. And a lot of pine trees and types of trees, hardwood trees behind me. And I was just sitting there looking at the view. And all of a sudden, there was a whole flock of uh, monarchs that yeah. came and just kind of glided over the top of my head and flew down go. to the treetops below. There mm. probably mm. 100 to 150 of them. Wow. That, what a treat. Man, wow, you are so I, lucky. I know. I told wow. you. I, I consider myself very, very lucky to have oh. this happen. I, oh, God. Well, I won't keep you any longer. I know you must have other colleagues. Uh, Norm, no. Thanks for the stories, and uh, I appreciate you. I wish I had a better uh, answer on the on those uh, fruit flies, but uh, at this point, we don't have one yet. I just have to muddle along, I guess. Yeah, well, you're just going to have to change the way you do business there. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell him about that. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Sure thing, Norm. Thanks for the okay, call. Yeah, take care. Yeah, I'm reading uh, from uh, University of Georgia, very uh -huh. much the same, same kind of labs as Cornell. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they say, say that uh, um, 
weed mats might be helpful, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. you know, judicious pruning and even, uh-huh. even I mean, you know, for a uh, you know for a large commercial crop, even controlled burns of woodland around the oh, blueberry wow. area. So wow. they're talking about the large commercial because oh, yeah. two was it. Two three years ago, they had a big big blueberry loss down in mm. Georgia. Oh yeah, and so they took some drastic measures, uh, in, you know, including uh, the the burns and um, and some of the believe it or not, large blueberry growers put down these weed mats. I was just thinking, yeah, uh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Particularly, um, you know, I I would think that right after the uh, the bloom when they came, right after their their um, hatch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at some point right there towards the end of the fall, if you put down those mats, you know, just laid them down right over the top of the soil, that would that would help to suppress them and, and up through. Yeah, of course, I'm going I'm going online so yeah. uh, to see this, but there's pictures of the blueberries. Yeah, and of course they have a close up, so the blueberry oh, yes. looks, <laughs> looks as big as a basketball, and it's just a <laughs> tiny little hole in it. Yeah, you know, right. it looks like the hole that you use to fill up the basketball. Yeah, you know, absolutely, these yeah. are tiny little. Critters, oh, absolutely! You know? Yeah, yeah. The, they're like fruit fries because uh, I mean that's about the size of them. Apparently, the males have a little bit of black on their wings, but I don't. I don't see how you could see that up close when they're <laughs> when they're flying because they are they are they are tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I I guess uh, that's why they do those traps is so they can see when the when the male, exactly f- the uh, female is coming out and uh, they do whatever they can to. Yeah. But I thought that was clever where they were doing them right in the. Um, uh, in the in the hoop houses, you know. Yeah, back when I was a freshman in college, we uh, did some genetic studies with with mm-hmm. fruit flies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mendel was still alive when I was a freshman <laughs> in college, but, but uh, and his know, buddy we, we, Galileo. That's right. right. Yeah, he was there. He was there in knickers. Yes. <laughs> I just reminded myself. I have to after waiting for my late my latest round of uh, radishes to grow. I think I actually may have let them overgrow. So oh yeah. As soon as I get home, even if it's dark tonight, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta go check them well go plant some more oh that's what i'll do i have plenty of time you know knock on wood knock on wood near where i am uh near right near lake champlain in the champlain valley i yeah. usually get blessed with another oh, yeah. week or two oh sure yeah but uh, boy i tell you i wouldn't want to live in places like uh, saranac lake which is which roger explained is up on a bit of a plateau yeah and it has extreme weather conditions they've already had the frost yeah that's right, they've already right. had a frost out there yeah <laughs> It's quite the challenge, right? I think uh, uh, Ed used to say, "If you can, if you can uh, garden in Cabot, you can garden anywhere." Yeah, that's right, and, yeah. and that's just about true for cows too. Well, I've run out of <laughs> matter excu- of fact, yeah, I've run out of excuses for all my failures. <laughs> you know, but and finally, finally, the verdict is in. It's not the weather. It's not the location. It's not the soil. It's that brown thumb of yours, Joel. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I think it has more to do with a big-hearted guy who just can't say no to any of the creatures that come around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the guy who was looking for have a heart ant traps. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I am afraid I have to play taps dum, 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 for my pot plants. You know, uh, Tuesday morning after Roger said, well, it might go down to the 30s tonight. It went, did not frost, but it was so cold that the, all the pot plants turned brown. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, they just, and, and uh, they had some, you know, they were developing good buds on them and all the rest. So I clearly uh, chose the wrong variety. Well, of course, they were just given to me, yeah. so I didn't really choose them. But, um, and uh, they, um, they were, you know, I, sh- I should plan to have them all done by the end of August. You know, they should be, it should be a shorter variety. So I'm looking at one that's like a 50-day variety that grows about four feet tall. And, uh, you know, well, we'll try again next year. But um, I am told that all is not lost. They're, you know, they're really sticky, kind of the buds and all the rest, you know. So it's all new to me. But uh, 30 degrees of any kind, whether mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh, anything in the 30s, is um, is the death knell for for a pot plant, so yeah, I've no, I've noticed in the past when I well not not with pot plants, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it'll go down to like thirty one degrees, and I say <laughs> I think I survived it, and everything is gone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one degree makes all the yep. difference, and yeah. Well, in this case, um, 
even 10 degrees makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son was doing a little research, and they say anything under 50 degrees. So I'm thinking, well, geez, we had 50 degrees all with all summer long at night. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that was an experiment that uh, didn't work out too well. Oh well, what are you gonna do? So um, and the uh, fortunately, I got to the the basil just before that. I'm sure the basil would all turn brown. Uh, Does so quickly, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't like the cold either. So yeah. a couple of, couple of years, I brought a basil plant indoors to keep it indoors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and okay, that for a while it's but after a while, the basil lost all its punch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, it, right. it, it grows, but it has no flavor. It has no flavor. Yeah. We have we have another caller oh. on the line. So let me see how I can do this. Your first name in town, please. Hello. Oh, it's from Plainfield. Hi there. Okay. I I think we got you. We get a bad connection, but uh, go ahead with Peter, okay? Yeah. I I was just listening to plants. (laughs) And I'm working, I work at a hemp farm. Yeah. And, uh. None of the leaves turned brown on this when it got cold that night. Oh, good. Good for you. Uh, you know, I uh, like I said, it's probably due to the variety that I, that I had. That would be my guess. Uh, you know, it, it's really not entirely just the cold, but the variety. Some varieties are more, like a, a cherry tomato is much more tolerant of cold weather than, you know, than a, um, you know, a big boy or any of the other ones. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a matter of uh, finding the right strain. Mm-hmm, yep, yep, um, and, yep. To, to, to grow in, in Vermont. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've got it right. You hit the, the nail right on the head. And uh, what was your name again? I couldn't quite hear. Uh, Doug. Doug, okay, yeah, thanks for the call. I do appreciate this because um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there are uh, cannabis plants out there, whether it's hemp or, or a pot, uh, that um, uh, that will tolerate a little bit of cool weather. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually walking through one of the fields right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. And they're all, uh, and, and do, now, so do the hemp plants bud the way that the cannabis does? Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're all sticky? I mean, I mean some, these are some of the biggest cola. Yeah. Oops. Did, I, I did think- we lose you, Doug? I think we lost you, Doug. Yeah, he must be under one of those eight-foot plants. <laughs> but anyway, we thank you for your call. Yes, we do have another yeah, call on. Call back. And, yeah, call back if uh, you have more to, to add to it. But let's go to uh, let's go to uh, uh, Jim in Waitsfield. Hey, Jim. You're you on doing? the air. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hi. How are you? Good. My, not, exci- not as exciting as the call about cannabis. But <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> so I, I was listening to you a few weeks ago, and you were talking about a, a spinach that you put out and it, mm-hmm. it winters mm-hmm. it winters out. And I think you said it was giant winter spinach. Is that what well, you yeah, um, Actually, any spinach will w- overwinter. Okay. I, okay. I have to... I have to tell you, but one of the most productive ones is the giant. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. it's, uh, let me just see if I can get the name of it for you here. Because uh, I had uh, I had Johnny's, uh, da, 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 da. so it's um, the spinach. Um, I just want the exact name so you got it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I've used all of them. I've used the Thai. I've used the long standing Bloomsdale, that one. Oh, okay, the Bloomsdale, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a standard. So I just say empty out your. That's the Bloomsdale long standing, and uh, empty out your uh, your bin from all with all of your spinaches. Doesn't matter what it is. The one with the red uh, stems, that one, the with the little French kind of name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was beautiful. Did a great job. I was mm-hmm. very very happy with that. Um, and then, uh, so any spinach you have, you just go right ahead and, and use it. Okay, so I, where I am in Waitsfield, I've always had, I used to have, I used to have this complaint that I, I when I drove to Montpelier in the springtime, yeah, yeah. I, there was somebody on, down on, down on the river in Middlesex who's, 
whose peas were coming up and my garden was still covered with snow. <laughs> well, so should I should I should I um, mulch them? Should I put hay on them? You, you don't have to. I have done it both ways. I've even okay. done it in a hoop, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I found that it didn't really matter. It was it was it, it just whatever you have and if you just leave them. I had this wonderful picture of them coming right up through oh about an inch and a half of snow and you oh, can okay. see this yeah. one little set of green leaves and what what happens is they they sort of time it themselves they figure out well okay it's time to sprout and they sprout when they huh. uh when they they're good and well ready when everything seems to be right them to yeah. them yeah. and uh so i you know just go ahead and plant whatever you got whatever we got okay. yeah okay. yeah and i um and there's if you go on the websites, you know, either uh, High Mowing or Johnny's or any of them, you'll see some of them will say, oh, you know, great for winter planting. Uh, you know, f- uh, the Thai, of course, uh, let's see here. Um, hmm, no, I'm not seeing it. Well, anyway, uh, you'll see some that, that specifically say it's good for winter planting. And I, um, you know, I have had good luck with all of them, um, and and there's no reason not to go ahead and uh, plant whatever you happen to have at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, and on those uh, those peas, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I gave up on peas. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Stop 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 stop! Don't do that! Don't give up on peas. Uh, they're they're too good. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a, a big fan of the uh, edible pod, you know, yeah, that, that yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, the thing that I learned from Meryl Le- Laguerre. Do you remember Laguerre's farm? You know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I w- I was in his greenhouse uh, one spring, and and there was this whole row of well, I thought there were peas, and I said. Geez, Meryl, uh, uh, are those like sweet peas or something? He said, no, those are peas. I said, you know, it's, they, they get so persnickety in the spring that I just plant them in, you know, one seed per cup. He'd have six, and he transplanted them. Oh. And when they were up about, oh, three, four inches, right, he'd just transplant them. And uh, it, it, it worked great. I mean, that's what he did every single year, and he had very early uh, peas. And uh, so um, uh, I did so that. So when would he transplant them? Like in the in early in the spring? As soon as you can get into the soil. As soon as you can get into yeah, the soil. Yeah, as soon as you can get into the soil. So rather than planting yeah. the, the seed, which has that tendency to rot, right? okay, he planted this, the, the plant, which is, is, is um, in much better shape to start to grow, and it doesn't mind the cold a bit. Right. And uh, I even did uh, some... Uh, some um, uh, trays, you know, um, there are trays that I use for my indoor salad gardening. They were just uh, four by eight uh, bread trays. Yeah. And what I would do is I would I would fill that with a potting soil, and I would put the peas in, you know, two by two by two by two. It's yeah. eight inches long, so I did four sets of two, and then you uh, know that would in a week's time that grows up tall enough that it, there's enough of uh, the roots bound in there that you just sort of, you know, turn it over and then plop it into a into a little dish, you know, and uh, you can transplant them that way, too. Hmm. <laughs> and that works great. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, th- there's no reason to quit planting peas, old buddy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. No, it used, it used to drive me nuts. I'd, I'd, drive, by, oh, I'd drive by this guy. And it was on the bridge, the old bridge that went across the river in Middlesex. Yes. And he had these all these peas up, and my garden was still covered with snow. And I said, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, n- now you can have your day. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I'll get the spinach in. I'll get the Okay. I want to hear about that in April when okay. we're back. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, we got a couple of callers on the okay. line. We got uh, Doug in Plainfield back again, oh, and then okay. later we asked John in Washington to be patient. We'll be okay. with you in a minute or two. All right. But uh, once again, uh, Doug uh, walking through the, the hallowed fields. Here. <laughs> Doug, oh, welcome back. Good. Yeah. Sorry about that. I apparently walked too far into the field. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well anyway good for you so um you know uh you hear a lot about hemp being used in cloth right yeah i think most of this is going to be used for cbd oh cbd okay yeah yeah so is the cbd that's in the bud too yes 
Oh, okay. All right. It, 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 and it contains, it's supposed to contain less than 1% of THC. Right, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I've tried a little bit of it. And yeah. It, it, it doesn't quite taste like marijuana and doesn't yeah. get you high, but yeah. it's still a... Uh, well, what do you, you, I can see how some, some people would think this is a, a normal marijuana plant. Yeah, right, because it it's the same. You know, it's a funny thing. We were talking about the hops uh, a couple of weeks ago with the, uh, 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 you know, with the pot growers down in Albany. And the, the hops plant is actually in the same family as a cannabis plant. <laughs> and you I grow, that. You, you, uh, grow those for the buds as well, uh, for the hops. Right. Yeah, well, so. I, I know what hops are. My my friend used to own a beer brewing store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that'll be your next job is, uh, after you're finished here with the uh, with the uh, with the hemp. You can grow hops, huh? <laughs> I I don't know because I got a pretty cool job. I'm night security. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I I guess you never think of it, but I suppose that's pretty necessary, isn't it? I mean, from from what I've been told, there's like sixty thousand plants in eight different fields. Oh man, that's yeah. some that's a serious amount of CBD, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, Doug, thanks for calling back. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. You have a good day, Peter. All right, take care. Oh, that was that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you. Reminds me of my uh, one of my earlier jobs. I was a night watchman at a day camp. Yeah, how's that? How's that for a job? Okay, we're uh, let's see. We've got um, John. We asked Joy to be patient, but yes. uh, John in Washington, uh, your turn right now. Okay. Push, push this button. I think that's John. John, you're on the air with Peter. Hey, John. Welcome. Hey, guys. How are we doing today? Uh, good. Good. Thanks, and you. Uh, excellent. So uh, I got some zucchini plants and some yellow squash plants. Yeah. And uh, I planted them next to my pot plant in my garden. Yeah. And uh, I'm having an issue with it's like powdery mildew. Oh yeah. So I was trying neem. I was trying neem oil on it. Yeah. And I really wasn't getting anywhere. And yeah. I heard from another gentleman try uh, listerine. And so I was using literally listerine. Uh-huh. And it was uh, the yellow listerine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. It, I'm not decided yet if it's making it better or if it's just yeah. stopping it yeah i don't really know have you uh got any well the the point is is that the the that's just a it's a mold you know and what you're trying to yeah. do is change the ph on it you're trying to change it uh, to a little bit more um you know uh actually more basic you know because the the usual yeah. the usual treatment for that is to spray it with a with a milk or with a baking powder baking milk. Uh, yeah baking soda not baking powder baking yeah and because that's okay. more basic you know whereas the the molds need a slightly acid uh slightly acid uh, environment to to grow so if you spray okay. that now um you know, is it is it starting to hit your pot plant too? Yes, I'm seeing it on the leaf, yeah. and so I was like, "Oh, this is not good." Yeah, I mean, no, I'm pretty much good, yeah. I'm at a loss now. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I would go I would go for something like that over the listerine. I understand the 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 thinking behind the listerine, but I I'm not sure it's actually. I think a little bit on the acid side, so it might aggravate the the situation. But don't know. I've never tried listerine and. You know, there's so many things out there on the web that that's hard to keep up with. But uh, uh, the the yep. point is, you want to make it more more basic. You know, uh, you and that's generally the milk. You know, the casing and the milk, or the um, the okay. baking baking soda. You know, and you just mix that up. And uh, for the life of me, I can't remember whether it's a tablespoon per gallon or two tablespoons per gallon. But it's it's something like that. Um, should I dilute the milk at all? Yeah, or you'd, you'd want to dilute the milk, milk too. Yeah, you'd want to dilute the milk too. Okay. Uh, I'll see if I can come up. If you keep listening, I'll I'll do a quick search here and see if I can't figure it out. Okay. And uh, yeah, because I see it. I thought it started all over the zucchini plant oh, yeah. and uh, or any of like the viney plants. It seemed yeah. you know that really close to the ground. Oh, this is the time. I of live year. in a really humid area. Yeah, this is the time of year. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I grow all my vines up on a trellis. They they don't get yep. hit quite as bad or quite as early with the um, 
with the mildew there. Well, I had a really funny situation because I used all the manure from my pig pen, and yeah. I put it all in my garden, yeah. and it worked great. I mean, yeah. everything really thrived. Yeah, sure. But everything we fed them last year also thrived. So we had literally, there's, uh, we have cantaloupe growing. We have spaghetti squash growing, a million different tomato plants. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was pepper plants, literally everything just from the manure, and it was rampant everywhere. <laughs> and so, uh, we, you know, we kept some and pulled some, but it's really funny because uh, we just couldn't control it. It's so, I don't know, it's quite a funny issue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, the yeah. formula for the um, bicarbonate soda here. You got a tablespoon uh, and a half tablespoon of liquid soap. Let's see here. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, one part milk to two or three parts water. Spray liberally. They say neem oil, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'd never heard of it being all that effective. I, I tried that. I went down a guy's farm and yard, you know, because they deal with tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I went down there and I picked up some neem oil and I put it right in the jug. You know, I, I did a little extra in the jug just to hope. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference. No, yeah, yeah. I. I've had pretty good luck with the with the milk and the the uh, baking soda. So, um, all right, well we'll try, try that out. Try a couple of tablespoons in a gallon and spray that on. And uh, if yep. that doesn't work, try a little more. Um, all let's right. See here, and uh, da -da -da -da. they do say to put a little bit of uh, liquid soap, and that means like a half teaspoon in a gallon. It's like a Castile yep. soap, you know, like a Dr. Bronner's or something like that. And that's okay, just, it's not like a Dawn dish soap? Uh, you know, you probably could use that too, or an insecticidal soap, yep. but um, something that, that won't uh, affect the leaves. Okay. All right. So Perfect. All right. Well, that's, that's, that'll get you started, and I'm pretty sure that will work for you. That's, that's All right. Well, I'm going to give it a go around, and we'll see if we can't get ahead of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's a, it's not anything you're doing wrong. It's actually one of the most common uh, things in in squash plants this time of year. You know. Yep. It's uh, it, you know, it happens frequently, and and uh, when I was talking to um, uh, Paul Betts, and he said, oh, that's that's basically why he plants a second crop of. Uh, cucumbers after his first crop because almost all of them yep. will always get that as they start to um, they start to get old you know they this just yep. part of the natural process so you haven't done anything wrong that's for sure well yeah it's been really great up to this point it's oh, been yeah. a, a bountiful yeah. year out of the garden for sure <laughs> yeah, i would i would have to agree we've had lots yeah. of lots of uh, really good zucchini and cukes and stuff. Well, you know what? I was having a problem with my guinea hens, though. They kept going in and digging up all my lettuce, <laughs> and then my cat would go in there and mess around, too. So I had some scattered roast from them, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole different kind of pest, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, John. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Okie doke. Thank you. And we, we, we thank uh, Joy and Williston for being patient because oh. uh, we do have joy in williston right oh, now great you're yeah. on the air with peter hi peter hi how are you joy I'm good thanks i'm calling with a quick question sure um i want to know what you recommend for a good canning tomato oh well you know the amish paste is the and the san marzano those two are the uh, the most popular only because they're very thick skinned. Uh, they have very few seeds in them, and uh, they're they're not overly juicy. And a lot of times you get a, a regular tomato like a big boy or a brandy wine or something like that. They're just loaded with juice, and that that what what's makes them you know good eating. But uh, the Amish paste and the um, the San Marzano, and then there's a, a number of different variations on that theme. Um, there's the Principe Borgi, which is a, an actually sort of a, 
a smallish paste tomato, and it's usually only about an inch and a half, maybe even two inches. So it's a small one, but it grows plentiful like a cherry tomato, and it's easy to grow. Well, um, really, I, I can the tomatoes to make juice. Mm-hmm. Oh. I make my own juice, oh. and I've been using um, ce- Celebrity. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a great tomato. Yeah, but they didn't. I couldn't get the seed last year, so I planted Celebration. Uh-huh. And then, like, four to six months after I canned yeah. the Celebration, they the taste was horrible. No kidding. Yeah, wow. I didn't understand. Did you? Did you? Uh, did, did you? Um, were the seeds in there, or or? No, I strain it through a you food mill. You do strain mill. it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes the seeds at different plants are are not uh, not very delicious. And uh, but no, uh, I, if you strain them. So you said the Celebrity is the one that you usually use? Yeah, that seemed to be, you know, held its the good flavor. flavor. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah well, but I didn't know if you had one that was would make good juice. And one you recommend, but um, you don't think the Amish paste or the Sam uh, San Marzano? I, th- those are more for a sauce, you know, tomato oh. sauce or salsa yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, for juice, that's a really good question because I I never realized that they would change like that from I one know, to the other. I just I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so, uh, just out of curiosity, how many plants do you usually plant of the celebrity? A uh, dozen. Twelve, yeah. And and then that that'll yield you like a couple of quarts or two quarts or ten oh. quarts. Oh, several, probably ten. Ten quarts. Yeah, yeah they produce quite well. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know if you had a you know another recommendation, but I. I think I'll try to stick with the celebrity because they seem to hold their good mm-hmm. flavor. Now, now, where do you usually get those the celebrities? Is there? A oh, I sent away to Johnny's, I believe. Or, no, it wasn't Johnny, but I tell you the truth, I can't remember where I sent for it. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't get it locally. The seeds. I did start my own seeds and. I couldn't get the seeds locally, so I did do, you know, by mail. You did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, but uh, I didn't know if acidity had something to do with the flavor after a few months. What would you think? I would think so, yeah, but uh, it's really hard to tell. I, I You know, the... I'm not that familiar with juice. I don't. I haven't really made juice. Mostly, I uh-huh. we just use them for. But uh, I'm just looking to see if there's anything that they're saying here particularly good for for juiced tomatoes. I that. tried googling it and yeah. I didn't get anywhere. Yeah. Well, uh, Ed was always big on the Jetstar because that was a medium size and a good producer, sort of like the the new girl. It's a you know a two inch one, uh-huh. but uh, I don't know how the flavor would be on that uh-huh. for juice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll look it up, and uh, if you're listening next week, uh-huh. I'll see what I, I'll let you know what I find. Okay, thank uh, you. Peter. All right, sure thing. Thanks for the call, Joy. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, there's a new one on me, and I, I uh, apologize to Joyce because I just don't know a good juice tomato. It sounds uh, sounds delicious, though. It's <laughs> it's one of one of my favorite drinks is tomato juice. So. Anywho, um, well, haven't we had some interesting conversations today? Yeah, huh? all over the place. Great. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Let's see, I have a couple of things that I I wanted to go over. Matter of fact, I've got about 20 things here listed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can check off the pot disaster and uh, some harvest, well, things to plant. And, uh, well, it is uh, it is time to, to make sure you have enough compost bins to get you through the winter. Now, we, uh, we lost, I mentioned we lost a few to the bear last year. He basically uh, destroyed three of ours so we got to replace those 
And uh, so it's time to start thinking about where you're going to put them. And uh, my suggestion, of course, for where you're going to put your compost bin is at the right near where the uh, where you plow the driveway. So it's on the edge of the driveway so that you can walk to it and you don't have to what? walk through three feet of snow to that, get there. That, that makes an awful lot of sense. <laughs> I have some up in the upper garden, you know, yeah, on uh, the upper east side. <laughs> I, think, I think we have a caller on the line. Oh, yeah, great. Let me see. Your first name in town? Hello? Well, let's try again. Hi there, your first name in town? There you go, it's Nola. Hey, Nola. Hi, you guys. Welcome I just aboard. wanted to throw in a tomato for the lady. Oh, okay, great. I can't say absolutely positively, but yeah, we got this seed last year from Seed Savers Exchange, uh-huh. and I was just amazed at how well it did. It made great sauce. I haven't juiced it, mm-hmm. but if the juice is half as good as the sauce, she's mm-hmm. going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Very, very productive. That's here in the deep, dark (laughs) forest of Ripton. And so wherever else you are, it'll probably... uh, Actually, I I will say, so we planted some of this variety. It's called Salvaterra's Select. And we planted three or four of these plants at the garden at Foster's that we did in honor and in memory of Jim Foster. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. I was down there this past week. The plants are just bloated. Oh, I mean, fantastic. If I get two, two fruits every few days, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. But they must have had 20, 25 uh, tomatoes oh, on each plant. They're wow. Like, so you so like how, do you, how do you spell that? Salva, Salva. S-A-L-V-A-T-E-R-R-A. Salva Terra Select. And like I said, it's a seed from Seed Savers Exchange. Uh-huh, yeah. So I... I'm thrilled with it, so oh, right. maybe others will be happy with it, too. And it made good sauce, then. It made great sauce. It's, it's all tomato, you know. So uh, when you make your sauce, do you separate out the seeds, or do you just blend I them don't. Right in? I don't. I have no issues with seeds. Okay, so you just, in the food processor, and you blend them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, good. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, one of my garden buddies out in Pennsylvania told me that he he uh, had changed the way he made his sauce, that he just did the whole thing in the blender, um, skins and seeds and all, and he was very happy with the sauce. He said it was, it yeah. was he always thought that it would, the seeds and the skin would give it uh, a bad flavor, but... Wrong. Wrong, yeah. 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 I throw it all in. It's better than the stuff in the can. You oh, know? super. Well, I'm going to look at for this uh, Salvatore. Check, check it out. The yeah. only problem with looking at seeds in the fall is mm-hmm. you get weak. You think, <laughs> I want it. I want this. I want that. <laughs> think, Stop. So how many of those plants do you grow, the Salvatore? I gave away about 18, and I kept six. And I've been making sauce. Um, but, you know, the packet has not that many seeds, but certainly yeah. enough for yeah. a reasonable amount. So how much sauce do you make? Or you know, we made forty quarts last year. Holy Christmas! Uh, now I was a little too generous with my plants this year. So oh. if we get twenty-five quarts this year, I'll be happy. But twenty-five quarts from six plants. Wow, that is just Pretty amazing. Well. That yeah. is that is that seems really incredible. Well, what you know, seed labels. I use pencils, which I love, uh-huh. and the labels wore off. Uh-huh. And then people came by and said, nice plants. And <laughs> I, I landed up with all of the variety called, uh, now don't start laughing. because uh-huh. No, it wasn't you that was laughing at this. A variety called Mexican Midget, which <laughs> is a lovely cherry tomato, but you can't do sauce. No, you can't do sauce no. from cherry tomatoes. Yeah, so I'll I have agree. to label better next year. All right, all right. All right, do you want to pull them and I'll get yeah, out of I was away? just going to ask you if you had one for us. I have one. It's a little bit premature. But so be it. Um, This is the very first Robert Frost poem I encountered as a manic memorizer, and it's it's special. It's called Reluctance. Okay. Out through the fields and the woods and over the walls I have wended, I have climbed the hills of view, I have looked at the world and descended, I have come by the highway home, and lo, it is ended. All the leaves lay dead on the ground, save those that the oak is keeping, to ravel them one by one and let them go screaming.
scraping and creeping out over the crusted snow while others are sleeping. And the dead leaves lie huddled and still no longer blow hither and thither. The last lone aster is gone. The flowers of the witch hazel, hazel wither. Ah, when to the heart of a man or a woman was it ever less than a treason to go with the drift of things, to yield with a grace to reason, to bow and accept the end of a love or a season. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Well, I like that one, yeah. So let's not stop uh, the season. A yet. love or a season, yes. Well, I, I'm hanging on to the garden season still, so I guess I am a little reluctant to let go. <laughs> it's, it's not something you want to do, and so I'm holding on to it. Let's all hold on to Yeah, we still got seeds. We're going to plant. Good, good. All right, well, you guys have a good afternoon. Thanks, Nola. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Okay, thank you, thank you. We're a couple of lucky ducks, yeah, aren't we? I guess so. <laughs> Oh lordy! So, uh, so, yeah, I um, I had the one of my grandmother's old tomato strainer mm-hmm. with a big crank yeah, on it. Yeah, the so, crank. Yeah. So I used that for a couple of years, but yep. then 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 we used the blender technique. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, it gives it a little more heft with, yeah. the, with the seeds and yeah. the the uh, skins and mm-hmm. the occasional caterpillar worm. (laughs) You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) Don't let our secrets out. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Yeah, Yeah, well, we've been, um, you know, I have uh, pristine uh, apples, and they're uh, early, yellow, delicious, um, transparent, they'll call it. And uh, I I got it from Nico up in... uh, um, in Plainfield there, and uh, it's just uh, loaded with apples, and they've almost all dropped now. They're almost all all gone. Good eating, nice tart, mm-hmm. uh, soft, and uh, last night we, um, uh, my... Um, my son's girlfriend, Nikki, uh, roasted them on the grill. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, they were so good. It was just like, uh, well, it was like eating candy, but very delicious. And uh, we made the applesauce with them. They made uh, apple pies with them. And uh, we've had a great time with those early, early ones. And now I have some Liberty coming in, some uh, Honeycrisp. And it's been a great apple year for, for us. I know it's um, been just terrific. So... Uh, we're harvesting those, and uh, well, yeah, I'm going to be making some apple pies myself. Oh, good! <clears throat> no, you actually make them, or is this uh, yep, you provide? Use, uh, you peel the apples, and your wife makes them. No, actually, I I make them. I uh, oh. actually I use a. Uh, what's her name? Rachel from the TV show. I uh-huh. use her crust recipe, which oh, really? is really good. Oh. And uh, well, I'll tell you my two secrets. Yeah, yeah, I use. Everybody has the best apples for. I use Macintosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do, and instead of any cane sugar, I use uh, uh, from the Morse Farm their uh-huh. m- their maple sugar. Oh, really? Okay. Oh. Otherwise, otherwise everything. Uh, is uh, as you would uh, bake an apple pie, but it makes a big difference. You you know, nobody, everybody says, okay, you know, the Macintosh for eating, for for cider, but uh, great pie. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I mean, uh, there there can't be a bad pie. There's no such thing as a bad pie. pie, And uh, I just got the email from uh, Bert's there over in Cabot there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there. No, no. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a great orchard to go picking in, and they have uh, fish like 40 varieties over there mm-hmm. to to pick in and, and they said they're already making cider so yeah I go well I go up to the islands because that's closer to me well, yeah yeah Hackett's you know oh really Hackett's orchards up there and mm-hmm. the Allen orchards yeah they grew mm-hmm. a lot of apples up in mm-hmm. Grand Isle County. oh sure yeah. yeah beautiful weather up there yeah and of course when I first came to Vermont I thought I was back where where my grandfather was in Jersey because there was all the apples down there. But mm, uh, Addison mm. County, when I went to oh. college at Middlebury, the the Addison uh, County, yeah. all kinds of apple orchards oh, down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. To, it's it's wonderful to see though. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think really. we're, I think we're kind of reaching. Uh, yeah. But uh, you have certainly time to uh, wrap up anything that you wanted to talk about, and oh, then we'll get Lord. on with music. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I had twenty things to talk about, but. Um, you know, uh, the, the main things was just keep planting guys. We're not done yet. And, um, uh, next week I'll talk about putting the garden to bed, sadly. 
<laughs> and uh, and then I'll uh, go back over the year-round indoor salad gardening. And uh, unfortunately, my... Uh, <laughs> I, what the heck was that? I'm, oh, I think I hit that button. <laughs> That would that would be a strange outro. Well, you're going to hear it later on. <laughs> you're going to hear, hear that one later on. We've got old thumbs here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not only not only do I have a gr- a brown thumb, but I'm all thumbs, <laughs> all brown thumbs. Uh, wasn't my best year for the garden, but I did get plenty for for us to eat. So there you that's go. Great. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole it. point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As long as you're happy. The with yields it. were down a little bit, but uh, since I planted so much, there's plenty for me, the critters, yeah, yeah. the family, and the granddaughter coming over to pick them. So great. All righty. Well, uh, just on that note, next week will be the last show, by the way, if you if you weren't aware of that. For this season. For this season, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be back in April. From, uh, Lee hasn't confirmed that, but I, from what I understand, we're going to do it again. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, keep planting. Next week we'll go over the uh, indoor salad gardening a little bit and, and uh, garden putting the garden to bed. Okay, it sounds good. So we will see you yep. next week yep. in the garden. There you go. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden today, brought to you by Menard Zagway, your family true value, neighborhood yard garden and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils and mulches, right there on Route 2 in Moortown. By The Willie Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. By PNR Lumber, locally milled lumber, and family owned on Route 15 in Wilkett. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more, Route 2 in Montpelier. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. We will see you next Saturday at 1230 in the Garden. Free as that